Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of James. The book of James, chapter 3. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body Look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by the very small rudder wherever the pilot desires or the captain desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. How great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that defiles the whole body and is set on fire the course of nature and is set on fire for hell, by hell, for every kind of beast. In other words, that tongue can get you in trouble and cause a lot of problems. That's what that means. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and have been tamed by mankind. How many of you have been to SeaWorld? How many of you have been to the circus? You've seen animals. You've seen dogs trained. But the scripture says, the tongue can no man tame. Right? Huh? Nobody can tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men. We have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bring their olives or a grapevine bearing figs? Thus no spring yields both salt and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. It's a lot right there to say, a lot to talk about. But in the very beginning of this series, we're going to be talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to try my very best to condense a lifelong of lessons. And if I have to carry it on to next week, I will. But I really do believe today that if you'll give me just a few moments, if you'll give me just a few moments, I'm going to do my very best with God's grace to help you understand, to help you have some clarification and get the confusion out about this topic. I believe, I do believe I believe every so-called spirit-filled church, our church that says that they are spirit-led, needs to teach the entire Bible. And this is in the Bible. 
this is in the Bible, and it has changed people's lives around the world, and it is doing, and they're experiencing this all around the world. And for those that have that and have not exercised it on a daily basis, you're missing out on the benefits of what the Spirit of God can do in your life and how He can change you and transform you. This is the answer. Jesus is the answer. It is His Spirit in your life, and God wants to do something with you. And there's so much more to God's experience. My prayer every day is this. Lord, don't let me get stubborn. Don't let me get arrogant. I'm going to tell you right now, when I was in high school, I was an arrogant guy. I thought I had all the answers. God showed me real quick. He humbled me and broke me and helped me understand that I wasn't all that in a bag of chips, right? I mean, how many of you had God do that for you? I mean, honestly, all of us have faults. But sometimes God has to take you and put you and set you down and say, hold on a minute, son. There's a, there's a better way and there's a, there's, there's a gift I have for you. And this gift is going to change your life. So when you see me up here, I'm going to be honest with you. My prayer is that you don't see me, that you see Jesus in me. How many of you want to have Jesus in your life and everyone see Jesus in you? Let's pray one more time. You bless the service now. Out of your mouth, bless the service. Lord Jesus, we thank you for moving today. We thank you for touching. We thank you for having your way. There is nothing too hard for you to do. There is nothing impossible. There is nothing too difficult. You are a good God. And Lord, we pray understanding today. We pray for understanding. We pray that every heart would get this. That every heart would be receptive. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. And you can be seated. God bless you all. If you're joining us online from Facebook or YouTube streaming, thank you for watching. Feel free to comment and feel free to download our app as well to keep up with every good thing going on here at Covenant Life Center. Every good and perfect gift comes from above the Father of lights, right? So it's so good to be here, so good to have you here. We love every single one of you. God, God is so into what you're doing. He cares about you and he loves you. He cares about you and he loves you very much. There's nothing too hard for God to do in your life. In fact, God gave a gift to the world. God sent his only begotten son to bear the first fruits of all that he had in store for you and I. And when we look at the life of Jesus Christ and all that he had went through, looking back, it makes sense. But looking in that moment, it didn't even make sense to the disciples. And at one point, he prayed in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said, not my will, but your will be done. He even had a struggle. Didn't sin, just had a struggle because there's a difference. And so God, God sent his son into the world, but he, but he sent his son with a gift. And the spirit that was in Christ, the spirit in Jesus Christ, was going to go through many experiences in the world through the body of Jesus. See, the body wasn't Christ, the spirit in him was. Jesus was the body. Jesus gave a name to the Christ that was in him. That's why the Lord said, I have made him above all things. 
Bible says that it's through him we move, we live, and we have our being. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The fullness of the Godhead dwells within him bodily. All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the, life was, and the light was the light of men. There's so much to say about who he was. But he had something on the inside that was fixing, fixing to be put into the ground. Or if you will, it was fixing to take what was put into the ground up out of the ground. The spirit that was in Jesus was released on the cross when he said, it is finished. It is done. And when that spirit left Jesus, this is why he cried out and he said, Father, Father, why hast, you, why hast thou forsaken me? In other words, why are you leaving me? He had felt that his whole life living on earth. Yes. Oh, I thought someone said question. So that was someone's phone. So when you look at the process, he ascended up. I knew that was a phone, by the way. He ascended up into the heavens, and then he came back down in, humanly, in, in, in human form, resurrected out of the grave, and then he walked on this earth for 40 days and 40 nights and taught the disciples. Then he ascended both body and spirit in a transformation. He was completely transformed. The body and spirit soul was completely transformed. He ascended up in that garden. And he told them to wait for them in the city of Jerusalem. After that moment, until you be endued with power from on high. When they were in Jerusalem, the spirit baptism was poured out on all flesh and the church was born. The church was not created, the church was birthed. And when they received the baptism of the Spirit that we know was the promise of the Father, we understand that this was God's promise to the world. It was a gift from God. And when this happened, they thought that the church was drunk because they were worshiping God and so happy about God. I wonder if any of you have ever been accused of being drunk because you were so happy about God. <laughs> Let me ask you, you know, this is, this is old school. If, if, you, if this ever happened to you, I know where you came from. Have you ever been drunk in the Spirit? Have you ever been drunk in the Spirit? I'm talking about when the Spirit of God hits you so hard and, and, and it knocks you out. I'm talking just, just hits you so hard. So I know this sounds weird, but it happens, and it's not scary because the love of God can overwhelm you so much at times that when you are open to it and you're, not a, and you're, you're welcome to it, listen, don't be afraid of the Spirit of God because God is going to do nothing but build your life, heal your life, strengthen your life. But there have been times where I feel like I was under the influence of his spirit. I love being under the influence. I love being under the influence of God's spirit. That's why it's called the new wine. And now God's spirit 
I'm thirsty for it. I yearn for it. I long for it. But you can be, you can be influenced by it so much it, can, it will and wants to. He wants to. It's really not an it, but it can be an it. It can be a person, place, or a thing because he can be all things. The Spirit of God can be a place, a place of peace for your life. The Spirit of God can be a person that loves you and is there for you and hears you. But for the disciples that day on that day of Pentecost, what we call it in Acts chapter 2, it was a day of birth in the beginning. And one thing and one attribute happened that can't be denied is that on that day when they were filled with the Spirit, the Scripture says cloven tongues like as a fire fell upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit as they spoke in tongues. Now, that is, what, that is the greatest controversial message in the church today. But yet the irony of it is in every denomination, people are receiving the baptism of the Spirit. In every denomination. There are so many stories I can share with you and talk to you about, about people that have experienced this. Some of them never had a Bible study, but they were just hungry for God. And I promise you, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. They shall be filled. There is nothing impossible for God to do in your life. And what God has given you and what God gives you is what he had when he walked in this world. It's what he had. The scripture says in Matthew, five, uh, Matthew chapter 8, I'm sorry, chapter 15, verse 8 through 20. This is where Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And he was trying to explain something to them that just happened with the, Pharisee, with the, with the Pharisees. There was a conflict because the Pharisees were... They saw Jesus' disciples going to the dinner table without washing their hands. And traditions back then were very big. Traditions back then were, that was it, just as good as Bible. Because over the years, religion infused the law with other traditions that they merged together that men were living by. And washing of the hands was one of them. And so... They complained to the Lord, and then they talked to him, and they said, Jesus said, these people draw nigh unto me with their mouths. Because you know, you can't draw near to God and near to people even and, and say one thing but do another, right? But he said, these people are hypocrites because they're nice to me or say things to me or they're, they're professing to other people and they're preaching the word and, and, and speaking the word, but there, he said, and honors me with their lips. He said, but their heart is far from me. So speaking and quoting the Bible does not make you a Christian. Thank you for those golf claps. That was so nice of you. <laughs> speaking the word of God does not make you a Christian. Saying you're going to a church does not make you a Christian. Even when we pray, we can pray amiss. We can miss the target when we're not praying God's will. 
and desiring our own things. It is about having your heart completely tied in with him. But in vain they do worship me. Watch this, verse 9. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines and commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth out of the mouth defiles a man. No, he said, not that which goeth into the mouth defiles a man. So he's starting to talk to them now because the issue was they didn't wash their hands and they weren't eating correctly and it was just weird. They were all worried about little things. Listen, stop worrying about so many little things and letting little things get to you because it's going to sidetrack you. It's going to sidetrack you, folks. When you focus on the main thing, focus on what's good. Focus on the good report. Focus on what's right. And you're going to see God do something through that attitude, through that mentality. And he told all of them, and he said, it's not what goes, out of the, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. Because he said, it goes in, but that which cometh in, that which goeth into the mouth defiles a man, does not defile a man, but that which comes out of the mouth, this is what defiles a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees, they were offended after they heard you say this. And by the way, you're going to offend people when you do what's right and live by the law, live by the word of God and live by his commandments. You're not going to please everybody. You do the best you can, folks. You do the best you can where you're at with what God's been given to you. And as long as you're pleasing God, everything is okay. But he answered and said, every plant which the heavenly Father hath planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. If the blind lead the blind, they shall both fall into the ditch. Then Peter, then answered Peter and said unto them, Declare us this parable. And Jesus said, Are you also yet without understanding? Do not yet ye yet understand that whoever enters into the mouth go whatever goes into the mouth goes out into the belly? and is cast out a drought. Do I need to explain what that is? Someone said, yeah. You'll find out later. <laughs> but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. Everyone say the heart. the heart. They defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemy, these are the things which defile man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Now, I'm not encouraging every young people, a young person, to not wash your hands when your mom and dad tell you to before you eat. But I am saying this in the spirit, in the kingdom of God, words matter. The toughest challenge for this really is this, though, that even James said that nobody can con control the tongue. No one can control the tongue. So the Pharisees had no control over that in their life. And to be quite, to be quite honest with you, neither did the, did the disciples have control over their tongue either. 
Look at Peter. When Peter was put under pressure, the scripture says he denied Christ the first time, then after that he started cussing. That's what the scripture says. He was around the campfire. He was warming his hands up, and they said, hey, weren't you one of his disciples? He said, I don't know who that man is. Then they said, yeah, we saw you with him. Then he started to curse. And he also told the Lord, poor Peter, he also told the Lord, he said, you know, Lord, I'm going to die with you. I'm going to fight for you. I'll lay my life down for you. And all of a sudden, it was Peter that was one of the many that fled him. He did try it at one time when he took the sword away from the servant to the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus had to come and fix his problem and his mistake, take the ear and put it back on. Isn't that miraculous? That happened. Because he'll pick up any of our mistakes and put them back into place. I'll tell you that right now. He, He can do it. And so when Jesus began to say this to them, they didn't understand. What I'm trying to convey to you right now is this. Understand this. It takes God to control your tongue. Now, I'm not talking about speaking in tongues right now. I'm talking about just talking. Just talking. Saying the right things. Nowadays, you ain't got to say nothing. You can text somebody and gossip all day long on text. That's still a sin. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't care if you say it or not. It's a spirit that releases that stuff, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, right, I'm right on you right now. Don't walk out yet. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You have got to let God get to the root of what really is going to change your life. This is a game changer for us in the church. If you really want to know what we're striving for, we're striving to help you come into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We're striving today in this, the whole purpose of us is to win the loss, to teach them more, to see lives changed, to see how God can transform the life, not how we can change a life, but how God, number one, has to change us, and we also have to be in turn to let God, to love you, to love you, so you can see a little Jesus in us but ultimately so you can be comfortable in a house where you can lift up your hands and get everything you need from God without any kind of an offense, without any kind of a distraction. It's a major, major attribute to any church. Jesus said, by this men will know you're my disciples because you have loved one for another. That love is only given by the Spirit of Christ. You and I don't know how to love. We have to first be loved by God. We have to first let him love you. I mean, let him come in and let him, you know, admit. Here's how you want to know how to get to God really quick. You ready? Want me to tell you how to get to God really fast? Go to the cross and confess your sin again. Go and repent and say, God, forgive me. I ain't done nothing wrong. Really? You're the only one that thinks that. I think we're all wrong. I think we're all sinners. I think we've all fallen short of the grace of God. I don't think there's one perfect person in this place. Certainly not me. And I'm going to tell you, even this morning already, I've asked God to forgive me for about 10 things already. Oh, my God, Pastor Bobby. 
I don't know about you. Well, I'm being real with you and being honest with you. That's, that's what you have to realize. Some of you are so staunch and so hard-nosed about this walk with God that you're becoming religious and you're not noticing your own faults but noticing everyone else's. It's not right. You're not walking in the Spirit. You're not repenting. You're not asking God for forgiveness. And you're locked in a place that you're stunting your growth spiritually. I am not here to judge anybody. I love everybody here. I am never going to judge you. I have been called to love you. I've been called to help you. I've been called to bless your family. I've been called to lead you. Whether or not you follow, that's between you and God. But it takes something that's life-changing inside of you. This is why the disciples, they could not go out into the world and change it until they first went to Jerusalem and they were baptized in the Spirit. So from the abundance of the heart, Matthew chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus said, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Ghost will not be forgiven. Either in this age or in the age to come, either make make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers. Listen, he's talking to religious people. Brood of vipers. He's calling them a bunch of snakes. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth brings forth good things. Actually, he said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, you know what? Let me stop right there. Repeat this after me. For out of the abundance of my heart, the mouth speaks. Now, repeat this after me because I want everybody to get this. You ready? My tongue tongue is connected connected to my heart. That's what I want to read you. I'm not going to go on any further. My heart is connected to my tongue. So... Why hasn't anyone been able to control the tongue? You're looking at the wrong place. Because no man can control the heart. Only God. Do you see the two? Did you know that you're made in the image of God? Point number one is when you surrender your heart, the tongue follows. The tongues follow. Now, I specifically put the plural on tongues because I want to show you something and teach you something that's going to be beneficial for you to understand this completely. I can teach you a whole series, probably a pretty long series on this topic, but I'm trying to condense it down to the fundamentals to help people understand. Because if you, at the end of the service, believe what I'm teaching and believe that it's for you, You can have it today, the baptism of the Spirit. See, when you were baptized and when you gave your life to the Lord, the Spirit of God, the blood of Jesus covered your life and covered your heart. And I believe that you were given the Spirit of God in your life. God started operating in your life, right? I mean, how many of you felt the love of God when God started loving on you and you felt like tears were coming down your face and you felt 
you know, there was just something that was on you, something that was just surrounding you. God's spirit was on you. And when you were baptized, it was an open commitment. And you went through the same, same thing that Jesus went through. Jesus went to Calvary. He went through the burial and he went through the resurrection. Repentance is going through the cross. Then being baptized is going through the burial because you're burying the old man. And when you receive the spirit baptism, it's the resurrection. Now, there's a big difference. I want you all to understand. I believe that every Christian and every believer experiences the Spirit of God and has the Spirit of God in their life. Here's the big difference between spirit having the Spirit of God and having the Spirit baptize you. Some of you have God, but God doesn't have you. You understand that? Because you can still come to the cross and still struggle with addiction still sometimes, with problems still sometimes? Or do you feel that there's something limiting and something that hasn't been set free and something that's still your hunger for more? That's why you hunger for more. But when you come to a, a, a church and you hear about this, uh, it sounds strange and it sounds weird because no one's explained it. Why do people now, I'm going to ask the question, why do people speak in tongues? What is that? Some of you can answer it by saying, oh, it's a gift, because the Apostle Paul said that there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Hold on a second. Now I'm fixing to rock your theology, but I want you to go home and study this. Are you ready? And if you disagree with me, then you go study your Bible before you ever come up to me and ask me a question. And you pray about it too. When Paul was teaching the Corinthian church, the apostle Paul was dealing with the personal problem that that church had. That church was dealing with people that were so zealous for God, they were speaking in tongues even to the congregation, and everybody was so loud and abrupt that new people were coming in, and they thought it was weird. There has to be decency and order in every church. There are many spirit-filled people that come to this church, but they don't do it abruptly. We pray when we're in worship, and it makes sense because if it's not God, if it's God, it's not weird, right? Sometimes it's not God that's weird. People are weird. Can I say that again? It's not God that's weird. It's people that make him to look weird. I mean, listen, you can have God affect you, but sometimes people come out with this chicken dance, you know? I mean, you've seen it done, you know? That God doesn't dance like that. I'm just being honest with you. That's that person. Now, if they want to give God some praise, they could have picked a cooler dance. You know, I don't know what, I'm not going to try to put that off, but I'm just simply saying, I, I mean, I could if I wanted to. But. <laughs> but it's people that make God weird. God's not weird. God didn't give you an experience like the baptism of the Spirit and wants to give it to you to make you weird. He just wants to make you fall in love with him even more. 
Now, I have nothing against worshiping and praising and dancing and, and, and all of that. If God moves that in your heart and you do it and it's God, nobody's going to think nothing of it because it's God. But there are some people that do it out of emotion, that do things out of emotion. It becomes selfish in a sense. You can do that stuff at home in your prayer closet. But when you come to God's house, you got to consider everybody else. And you can pray in the spirit, but you do it at the appropriate times so where you have new people coming in. You don't scare them off with everything that you have inside of you. You can now speak in the English tone. This is why the apostle Paul said, but I would rather that you all prophesy in the Corinthian church. I'd rather that you all prophesy. But he said, and this is what I was going to share with you. You ready? He said, do all speak with tongues? He was talking about the gifts of the Spirit. To one is given, the spirit of prophecy. And to one is given, diverse tongues. And to another is given, the interpretation of tongues. And he goes on with all the other gifts. The problem we have is with this interpretation of Scripture is that most people have never been into a church or church where they have heard the gift of tongues and interpretation work. When the gifts of the Spirit, I I was raised in churches where there was one when the Spirit of God came in, someone gave a tongue, a diverse tongue, a strong tongue, and then another interpreted that tongue. How many of you, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever seen this before? Okay. Now, this helps you understand he was referring to the gifts that operate in the Spirit. So, he gives advice about that. Then he also says, but I'd rather you prophesy. Why? So, When a new person comes in, you're speaking in a language they understand to them, and they will say, of a surety, I know God is in them. But he wasn't saying not to speak in tongues or not to do it in church. He was saying that why don't you focus on a gift by, number one, getting the love of God in your life. This is where the 13th chapter of Corinthians comes in. If you're taking notes, I want you to take notes and write this down, love is the greatest source for the gifts of the Spirit to be used in your life. So Paul got on them about this, and, and, and bear with me, but Paul got on this with the, about this, this subject, and then he said this, folks. Then he said this. Here's what you need to read on. This is why you never read one portion of Scripture and just take it as doctrine. You have to read the entire chapter and the chapter before and the chapter after to get an understanding of one verse. Paul wrote after that, and he said, but I'm glad I speak in tongues more than you all. You understand that? He said, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than all of you. So he said, all of them speak with tongues. Hold on a minute. I thought only certain people had it. No. There are two types of tongues, folks. There's a tongue that comes that God gives you grace with, a tongue of grace, and there is a gift of tongues that work together with interpretation. That's a separate gift. But he said this, the manifestation Write the word manifestation. Go look it up in your concordance at home. It's an outward manifestation, an experience, he said. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to profit with all the gifts. This is what he said. 
There's one experience that you've been given that God gives you that has all the gifts in it. What do you think that is? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Watch. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Somebody has to say it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. It is for everyone. Not if, well, God gives me, that's fine, I don't have to. No, 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 no. He wants you to have that. He wants you to have the fullness of God's experience. How else can you understand fully without the heart and the Spirit of Christ? So here's what happens. When we come to the cross, the Spirit of God is in our life. You've got God, but God hasn't yet got you. Because when he baptizes your spirit, he, you know the word baptism, you know what, we're going to baptize people today. We're baptizing them. And I'm not trying to knock a denomination, but I have to be honest with you, the Greek word says baptismal means baptismal. Baptism means baptismal, means to dip, that means to submerge into water. That's why when we take you down in the waters of baptism, we take you all the way down. That's why we have you hold your nose. And we take you down and come up. Well, the Bible says that we're baptized in the Spirit. That means that God gives us fullness. He gives us everything, and our spirit and our heart is full with God. And the area that he comes in into is the area you have released to him that comes from asking for forgiveness in that area of your life. The blood has to be, write this down, write this down. The blood has to be applied in order to give the spirit a place to abide. Remember that, it's so important. A lot of people never get it because they're honestly, they're not surrendering to God everything. Here it is, to get everything from God, you have to give everything to God. To get everything from God. You see, when God, when God gives you his spirit, everything's in that baptism. All the gifts of the spirit, all the fruits of the spirit, your provision, your prosperity, your healing, everything is in that experience. So God is just wanting to teach you how to tap into it and let it go and manifest itself. God just wants to teach you how to do that. But now let me ask you, here's the question. Here's what you need to know. Why do people speak in tongues? It's not them speaking in tongues. It's the Christ in them speaking through them. What, what for? Well, they surrendered their heart. How do you know? It was out of control before. It was out of control. How do you know? Because they said things. They, they just couldn't agree with things. They just talked about things. I mean, honestly, they did things. They had different desires. You know where your affections are in your life? They're in your heart. 
in your spirit man, in the depth of your soul. Your brain is just a processor, but your spirit man abides inside of you. And there are neurons that connect to your neurons in your brain, and they communicate one with another. But when God fills you with his spirit, it's like filling up an empty vessel, a bucket of water, and overflowing. And how do you know that God has got control of your heart? Because he gives you a sign. He gives you a sign that what you couldn't control before, he's now got full control of. Do you understand what I just told you? I just dropped it right there. I just dropped it. James said no man can tame the tongue. He didn't say God couldn't. The reason why people can never tame the tongue because they could never tame the heart, but the only one that can take full control of the heart is the Spirit of God in your life. And when you allow God to come in and say, Father, forgive me for my sins, and I surrender, then you start to thank him for it and praise him for that goodness and say, God, I want this. I want to be filled with your Spirit. And you don't try to speak in tongues. That's just weird. That's weird. You have a knowledge that it's there, and you do it out of just praising and worshiping him for it, and it just happens. I have never, ever walked up to anybody and said, now repeat after me, I tie, you tie, I tie, you tie. (laughs) That is the weirdest thing in the world. That's why that's why people have gotten away from it. I'll tell you why another reason some of you have gotten away from it is because, come here, Lala. Where's Lala at? I thought you were Lala, girl. You all look the same. <laughs> come here, Cass. Come here, baby. I'm sorry, sweetheart. You know why, you know why people have gotten <laughs> Can you edit that? No, too late, right? Okay. It's live. I would never make it on TBN, by the way. <laughs> You want to know why also a lot of people have, have gotten away from it? It's because they do this. Speak it. Grab on. Grab on. Grab on. Let go. Hold on. Let go. Sorry, baby. I know you're going to kill me for messing up your hair. Sorry, baby. I'm so sorry, but this is church. It's how it was, right? Get on. And there's five of the ladies around you saying, that's right, pray. That's right, ask them. How can they when you're shaking their brain? Mm, Your hair smells nice. (laughs) How many of you grew up in something like that? Come here. Come here, baby, come here. Give me the microphone. Now, you're not going to preach, okay? <laughs> last week, was it last week? About two weeks. Two weeks ago, we were standing in the back, and she came up to me and said, someone told me, she said, I already have it in my heart. If God gives it to me, that's fine. If he doesn't, I'm okay with that also. Speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues. And I stopped her and I said, okay, hold on a second. That's a misconception. It is for you. It's for everybody. It's a gift from the Father. It's the power of the resurrection. It is the power of God. 
It is the authority that God puts inside of you to cast out demons. It's the reason why we say greater is he that's in me than him that's in the world. It's what Jesus had. That's why we called him Jesus Christ, the anointed one. She told me that, and I told you, let me give you just a three-minute little Bible study and tell them, tell them what happened. And you had never had this happen. No. And did I shake you? No. <laughs> no. What did I do? He, all he said was just open up your heart, thank Jesus, tell him you love him, and just praise him. And on my own, all he did was just pray with me, and I just started speaking in tongues. I think I held your hand very lightly. Yes, very lightly. I held her hand very lightly, and I said, go ahead and pray and ask him. Just tell him and, t- and thank him. I said, we're going to repent together and ask God to forgive us for everything because you've got to give him a place to land. Amen. If, you're res- if, you're, if you have one place in your heart that you have in reservation, you're not making him the Lord of all things in your life. Don't worry. Whatever God asks you to give up, he'll replace it with something 10 times, 100 times better. Amen. And no one's asking you to give up anything. He wants to give you something better. But it happened like that. And you spoke in tongues, and it was the craziest thing. And did you ever think that would happen to you? No. I, I mean, I, I always. Like that? No, not like that. I, I thought he was going to grab me and shake me, you know, <laughs> because I've had that happen to me. And I thought he's for sure going to lay his head hand on my head and just really yes, shake right. me. And then I taught you a little Bible study. Yes. I gave you an understanding. Yes. Then what happened to your mind? It just it, opened up. It opened up. It opened up. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's what I want you to hear. When you have an understanding and it opens up your mind, it opens up your faith. And then you can receive that. Religion says, I got to take what I've got and force it inside of you. Even the Apostle Paul said, hey, you're yet babies. I, have to, I, can't, I, I can't give you meat yet. But if you'll learn and you'll want it, then God will give it to you because you've asked for it. So, so again, number one, he said this. When you surrender your heart, when you surrender your heart, the tongues follow. Here's what the scripture is for that as well. Mark 16 and 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Right? He said, go to all the world. Everyone say, all the world. Does that mean everybody? Okay. And he said, everybody. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes, that's everybody, right? He who believes and is baptized, right, will be saved. But he who does not believe, it will be condemned. Not because God came to condemn the world, but they're condemned by their own lifestyle, own actions, and rejecting Christ. And, ready? These signs will follow them who believe. Say, all those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils, and they will speak with new tongues. Everybody. Everybody. I have, to, I have to just put this right here. You know, it's not number one, but I'm just going to write this down. It's 
for everyone. You know what I need to do right there? I'm going to put a little exclamation mark right there. It's for everyone. Get that in your mind. It's for everyone. And it's not weird, folks. Why do some people think it's weird? It's because it hasn't happened to them. They're scared of it. But did you know when God uses that in your life, he's praying for you, through you, things, that, areas you don't even know how to pray for yourself about? The Spirit, can you imagine? That's where the Spirit, that's where Jesus becomes the intercessor. He becomes the great high priest. That's what he's done. He's become the great high priest. Point number two, let me get through this really quickly. Everyone born of the Spirit gives a sound. Leave that point up there for a little bit. Let me, let me kind of expound on it. And I'm trying to hurry. I'm almost done. Are you enjoying this so far? Okay. And another point I want you to write down just this. Your tongue, I, wrote, I said this already, is connected to the heart, right? Remember that. Write that down. Just a point to remember, but remember that. The heart's connected to the tongue. The evidence of God taking full control of your heart and filling your heart is what? He gives you a sign. The only way you know completely, it's like, it's like the turkey, you know, it's like when the turkey's done, that little thing comes out. It's like opening up the faucet to your water system, and if sulfur comes out, you know the source, right? And you got to get that out of the way, but you have to filter some things sometimes. The Spirit of God is a filter, and the Spirit of God is a clean well. And in your life, when waters overflow, now, I'm going to tell you, some of you even have this in your life, and you have the Spirit of Christ, but you've not allowed Him to fully baptize in you and give you your, 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 your language, some of you have been experiencing this for a long time, but you've never been able to let it grow and remove it because someone has taught you that it's not for everyone. That's the problem we're having in the church. That's what separates us from denominations and different things that happen. And you have to believe it is for everyone. And not if God does and God does it. That's like saying, well, if somebody comes up and gives me $1,000, that'd be great. But if they don't, I'm okay too. Ain't nobody going to give you nothing. You've got to show some fruit and get out there and prove that you want it. Hey, you may have a problem with people that hold signs and ask for money, but at least they have the audacity to ask for money. And they probably make more than all of us here. But why are we mad at them? Just don't give them money. Don't get mad at them for asking. No one deserves it, right? But people do it anyways. And I do give. And I do help them out because that's between them and God. But in my life, I'm not, I don't care. I, I don't care whether what they do with that. And sometimes it doesn't matter because then it's up to them and God. I mean, you know, there have been times where I've asked people, they've asked me for stuff. 
and I've had to filter some of that thing. You, you're a character of good, you know, you're a good judge of character, but the truth is, is that I'm going to let out what God has given me. I'm just going to let it flow freely. I'm just going to give. I'm just going to give, and I'm just going to do, and I'm just going to love, because you see, here's the problem. See, love works the same way. You understand that? How you treat your finances, how you actually are in your spirit, and how you treat the love of God. You have to give love to people even if you think they're not worthy of it. You have to forgive people even if you think they don't deserve forgiveness. That's what makes you Christ-like. You know, God blesses people all around the world that you and I would never, that really don't think that they deserve it, but it's not up to you. It's up to him. God blesses them for a reason. Maybe they're better stewards of what God has given them. Maybe they just are great stewards with finance and know how to run business well. Maybe that's why God gave it to them, because they can handle that. I don't know. That's between them and God. All I know is, is that I can't be stingy in my life. I've got to get everything to the Lord. I've got to get everything out of me that God's given me. I'm not going to withhold any kind of knowledge. I want you to grow. I want to teach you. I want to help you. But don't you want to help others? And so Jesus tried helping a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a man who came to Jesus in the third chapter. If you read the third chapter of John, in that third chapter, Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, uh, there was a Pharisee, the scripture says, in chapter 3, verse 1. There was a Pharisee whose name was Nicodemus, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God. No one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. He knew this, and Jesus knew what he was asking. That Pharisee, Nicodemus, wanted to know how he's operating in these gifts. How in the world are you doing it? That's what he really wanted to know. Because then God, then through the wisdom of God, Jesus gave him the answer. And he said this, most assuredly, I say to you, verse 3, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That means that unless one is born again, you're not going to be able to enter into what I am doing here. Now, I personally believe he wasn't just talking about salvation. I believe he was talking about operation. Because God is the judge and he calls the shots on who's saved, who's not saved. But I do believe it's only through Jesus Christ. Okay? Some of you are watching too much internet there. I didn't hear no amens there, but that's all right. Because I'm going to tell you, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe it's only through Jesus. It's, it's, it, God didn't go to the cross in vain. That's not being religious. That's just being reassured that the salvation of God coming into the world through Jesus Christ, he did not die in vain. He died for my sins. Nicodemus said, how can I be born again when I'm old? How can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? How can a man do this? Verse 5, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water, there are some being baptized today in the water today. Give God some praise for that. We're baptizing people today. Born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel when I say to you, you must be born again. For the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound. Underline the word sound. Write this down in your notes. John chapter 3, 
verse 8 says there's a sound. Look up the word sound. That word sound comes from the Greek word, hold on. It's crooked, but it means in the Greek, it's actually said phone. It's actually spelled also as if F-O-N-E and try to, when you try to pronounce it, phone. But it's spelt as this. The interpretation of that means voice and language. So he said, everyone that's born of the Spirit, you're going to hear a sound thereof, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it was everyone, listen to this, say this with me, look at this up here. Read this with me. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You're going to hear a voice and a language. That's why on the day of Pentecost, they all spoke in tongues because God baptized their spirit and their hearts were out of control. You know, Peter, Peter who denied the Lord, Peter who cut off the ear to the the servant, to the high priest, Peter who made great professions but didn't have the the strength to keep his promises, Peter is the one who stood up on that day and preached to 3,000 people. What happened? God baptized him in the spirit, gave him a boldness, gave him authority. I'm telling you, some people just weren't born with certain things, but here's the good news. You can be reborn with them. You can be reborn with them. Oh, I promise you, I never thought I'd be up here being a, uh, preaching or teaching or pastoring. I never thought in a million years that God would have called me to do this. But what happened to me was one day I experienced the baptism of the Spirit. I got saved first, and I asked God to forgive me, and I thank God for it. But someone told me, God has a gift and a promise for you so you can walk in authority. You can walk in strength. He'll change your thinking. He'll change your heart. He'll change the way you talk. He'll change. I couldn't even read that well in high school. I was embarrassed to read in front of the class when they called on me. I was the guy that went, and Jesus, and sweared, and sweared, Insward, answered, 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 answered. But when the Holy Ghost got a hold of me, I started reading my Bible. The Spirit of God gave me understanding and taught me how to read right. <laughs> Filled me. I prayed and nourished it. And I've learned how to pray in the spirit because it happened once and I saw it and I experienced it and I felt it and I just stuck with it. And then understanding started bubbling up inside of me and he gave me understanding. He gave me wisdom. He gave me a heart for him. He gave me a commitment for him and things started changing and I became a better person. At least I hope I am. At least I'm trying to be. I think we're all trying to be a better person, right? We're all trying to be better people. But Jesus himself said this. It's in red, folks. If you remember, if you have a Bible that was ever has red letters in it, it was something in the writers said that it came out of the mouth of Jesus. The interpreters of the scripture said that Jesus said, and a sound is going to follow them that believe, and this sound will be heard by every believer. And that sound means phone, voice, and language. It's what you do on a phone. Talk. Why do you think everybody on the day of Pentecost spoke in tongues? That's what the Bible says. And they all spoke in tongues. But listen to what he said. 
He said, a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind came in and fell upon each of them. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues. Why? And they thought they were drunk. And out of those tongues, people were talking other people's languages. They had no control of it. It was God just testifying of the glory that he placed in their lives. If you want to be spirit baptized, you have to allow God to submerge you in his presence and just thank God for it. In conclusion, let me give you this really quickly. Why is it so important? Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. That means that you will get what you speak. And some people have a problem with speaking the wrong things. It's because God is not in full control of their heart. And if they do, they've never surrendered it to God, and they're still dealing with things. Listen, you want to know what makes the difference with you? I want everybody to hear this, please, because this would solve a lot of counseling problems. Here's what would solve a lot of issues. Please, everybody, are you listening? When you start doing things, when you are not your best, ask yourself, how much have I prayed? And if you have this beautiful gift that's for everyone in your life, ask yourself, how much time have I prayed in the Spirit today? Because God can't take control of something you don't give Him control of. And just because you did once doesn't mean you stop. You have to continue to pray in the Spirit, to grow, to grow. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 28 says, and this is my last scripture, likewise the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit makes intercession. That's the power of it. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. In other words, he has the answer for you. You don't know how to pray, but he knows how to pray for you. I heard somebody say this one time. I ain't got to worry about praying. Jesus is praying for me right now. What? Because the Bible says that Jesus made intercession for the saints one time, entered into the holy place. But listen, he walked in to break the barrier. He was the first human being to walk into that barrier, to break it, to make a way for you and I. Remember I taught on barriers? He broke the barrier for you and I. When he broke the barrier for you and I, it gave us permission to go into the holy place. But now he was going to put what was in there inside of you and I. In the Old Testament, it was the tabernacle. In the New Testament, you are the tabernacle. In the Old Testament, Solomon wanted to build the temple great and glorious and magnificent and majestic. In the New Testament, you are the temple. You are the temple. What's irritating you? What's going on? What do you wrestle with? And even if you've never tasted of this, you'll never know the difference between what it feels like 
to have God in full control of your life versus just going by discipline and making yourself do something you don't feel like doing. The Spirit of God has all the desires you need, the drive, the righteousness. I'm going to tell you, I'm an addict, man. I have an addictive personality, and, I, and I'm addicted to him. That's been the secret to, 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 to my life all these years. I've learned how to just put him first. I, I'm going to tell you, when, when God gave me that gift, I did it every day. I was so new, and I didn't know what to do with it. I used to walk up to people and tell them, I got, I got the spirit baptism, man. I spoke in tongues. You want to hear me? That's wrong. That's not the way to do it, guys. I didn't know any better. I was just so fresh, so excited. But I had prayed for people in this church, in my office. People that have had experiences with God. And hell tried to keep it down. And hell tried to keep it reserved because he didn't want them to fully release it because of hurt, because of whatever they've happened had happened in their life. And when I prayed for them, I've seen it happen uh, many times. When I started to pray, God released it, and I heard them speak in tongues, and it changed everything. I had prayed for couples that were having marriage problems. Listen to this. I had prayed for couples that were having marriage problems. They got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. After that, the problems went away. At least the problems that they were dealing with. And then if they rise up again, they have something to go to to give them the power, the love, and the grace, and the understanding to face it. Problems don't go away. You overcome them by what's inside of you. And God uses them as a stepping stone to grow you. I invite problems. I look at situations as a challenge and say, God, how can I grow from this? Right? Here we grow again. We're going to grow again. We're going to develop. God does this for you. But you have to have no reservations. No reservations. And the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. God wants to bring rivers. God wants to bring rivers. Rivers that flow. Not a little drop here and there. Not just enough just to come to church and have a feeling. But God wants a river to flow through you. In and out. Flow. He wants to flow. you understand why God chose speaking in tongues? Because there had to be evidence that was connected to the only place that really matters in your life. The scripture says in Proverbs, protect the heart above all things, for out of it are the issues of life. Proceed the issues of life. The most important part of your life is your heart. And God was so gracious to give us a promise that if we surrender to him completely, and now that you have a knowledge and understand what that is, it's God simply taking every avenue of your heart, filling you and baptizing your spirit, baptizing your heart to the full capacity. Like this right here, a full capacity, right? Like, like take a picture of me. Like, 
right? Out of your mouth. He said it like that. He said it. Out of your belly shall what? Out of your belly. What is that belly? Out of my belly. Your spirit man shall flow rivers of living water. You got junk in your life? Let the river start to flow. Get your prayer life and that junk will flow out just like a gully washer. You got bad thoughts? Stop wrestling with bad thoughts. That's your problem. You're wrestling with bad thoughts, therefore you're giving it permission to to, to influence you. Wrestle with the goodness of God. Wrestle with the love of God. Wrestle with your worship and everything else will take care of itself and get it out of your life. The spirit baptism is not weird. It's for everyone. People have made it strange. But God, is it strange? When I've seen people that have been transformed, that have been baptized in the spirit. I'm not denying anyone in this place has not experienced the spirit of Christ, even if you haven't spoke with tongues. I believe everybody who has walked under the blood of Jesus, the spirit of God is with them walks with them but there are some people that are still walking in addictions there are still people that are still being tormented in their minds there are still people that have problems with everybody there are still people that are constantly struggling with certain things the reason is it's because that area of your heart has not been filled with God's spirit and God said that he would fill you with his spirit and bring down strongholds and become your stronghold He said he would give you a river. I mean, listen, if the heart's connected to the tongue and the heart is filled with a river, what would your tongue be doing? It's a tattletale. It's like God saying, now I've got full control. What you had no control of, what James was saying is, no one can control the heart. No one can do that but God. But when God controls it, how do you know? He gave you a sign, and those signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, he said, they will speak with new tongues. It's for you. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.